Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. And hi, everybody. My name is Sergei, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. And I've been in recovery for more than four years, and by the grace of God and this fellowship and this program, I've been sober for four years and four months, and for which I'm never sufficiently grateful. And, well, let's have a moment of silence and then pray the serenity prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will not mind be done. Amen. So it's a kind of strange name of topic, lost in sponsorship. I was asked, what topics can I talk about? And, well, I gave a list, and there was those things that lost in sponsorships. <laughs> well, it's a strange name, but anyway... I think it's important, and while I try to go to the point, um, during those four years in recovery, I had many spensees who went up like kind of up to two years of sobriety and then relapsed, and I saw some other guys who were not my spensees also getting quite a lot of sobriety and then relapsing. And what I found out that some of them, they don't, get what is lost or they forget it and to me lust is not sex of course all those images about sex all those pictures all those desire to look at people to for me at women and to to you know to evaluate them is lust yeah but for me the most important stuff was romantic fantasies roy says connect with me and make me whole and for me this is the the point, because uh, my acting out always started with those romantic fantasies. I would look at a girl, I would have those uh, fantasies like we, I don't know, married, have children, have a happy family life, or I don't know, make coffee for her, for her, and I was just something very, very not sexual. But those romantic fantasies, they were so strong. They were just like putting me into this imagined world where I'm happy, where I'm energized. And after that, those fantasies, they were forcing me into having sexual fantasies. And they were forcing me to act out, to masturbate, to look for prostitutes, for promiscuity relationships. And I was absolutely embarrassed because, you know, I was a religious person, and 
I didn't want to watch pornography or masturbate. And I never caught it. But the first time I read the white book, I, re- I understood that that's, that's what's happening. When I have those fantasies about connect with me and make me whole, it starts the, the craving. The craving is coming up and I just can't get out of that. And that's very important. And Roy also writes about it many times in Recovery Continues in many articles that uh, this, well, there was this article when he wanted to be lost in a kind of a gravitation from a woman. I forgot the name of the article. Yeah, it's exactly that thing. Or when he says about unhealthy dependency. Yeah. Uh, so um, when I realized that, uh, it was the beginning of my recovery, basically. Every time a romantic thought comes into my head, every time I have this impulse that I'm not sufficient and I need this, some, some woman to, to make me you know, more energized, more full, more whole, I use program instruments. And in the beginning, romantic fantasies was the most difficult part for me because when I was praying about Last, like some sexual pictures, sexual memory, uh, they were taken away from my mind and my heart very fast. I pray, I make a call, I, I don't know, make another call, make another call, I do some service, and it's gone. And what about romantic fantasies? This could go along for several days, for like three days or four days. So it, too, it, 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 it takes a lot of patience because my head is telling me, or it was telling me, it was telling me, it, it, it's romantic. There's nothing bad in that. You just want happiness, you know. <laughs> but that's, that's bullshit. I wanted to use women like batteries, like, you know, just give me energy, give me sense of life. I'm going to grab you and just squeeze you, <laughs> squeeze some energy for me. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Absolute selfishness and absolute madness. And very persisting madness. And for me, the most painful thing was to accept that this plan to be whole in the relationship, this plan was the thing that brought me to the complete defeat, complete ruining of my life because I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to do career like uh, other mates of mine. I was absolutely self-absorbed with this pursuit of lust and relationships and women and uh, trying to get rid of that pain I had in my chest. So I was just absolutely unable to do any concentrated work and my health was ruined and... Most important, I didn't want to live in this world because I hated myself. I hated everybody around me. I hated successful people. I hated happy people. I hated just normal people who doesn't suffer like me. They just, they just normal, you know, and they don't suffer. And <laughs> what's wrong with them? <laughs> Why do I suffer and they not? Yeah. So <clears throat> this this romantic idea connect with me and make me whole, it completely ruined me. And I was fooled for 30 years by this thing. And it was very painful realization. 
it wasn't just, oh, masturbation is bad, oh, pornography is bad. No, I was feeling just like complete defeat from last. Yeah. Um, my experience is that when I'm persistent and when I ask for help and I, when I keep praying after three or four days, even those very strong romantic fantasies, they go away. They go away. And I was totally powerless to deal with it without the program. And I was, I was, I had that idea before the program, but it wasn't working. I kind of was fighting these ideas, but they're just too strong. Even in the program, even with the instruments, they're really strong. And, well, it takes commitment to get rid of them. It takes commitment and constant actions. It's not just three days comes and it goes away. No, it's three days of prayers, meditation. When I ask God, what am I looking for in these fantasies? God, help me find in you what am I looking for in this fantasy. Help me find in you security, courage, self-acceptance, power to move on, some energy, joy of life, and whatever, you know, feeling that I'm good enough, and so on. And just not many times a day, calls and service, and after three or four days of hard work in the program, they would go away. Uh, And I believe partly that was my experience because I wasn't very strict with my boundaries about uh, friendship with some women. I was in psychotherapy, so there were a lot of women. Now, now my boundaries, well, they're much better. But in the beginning, in the beginning, they were they they were not so strong. So I had to deal with those consequences. And well, I won't recommend doing like I did in the beginning. <laughs> but we all were beginners. And what I want to say is that the program works. And after like several months, I got this realization that I don't need to... There is another way of happiness. I can be independent. I can be hooked off these romantic, lustful fantasies. And this is just absolutely incomparable freedom. With, with Absolutely incomparable. I was a slave to that. I believe from my childhood, when I was like three years of age, I was already having uh, like falling for some girls in the kindergarten. I can tell you I was having these romantic fantasies and this magic feeling from the childhood. So, yeah, it's a very strong thing, the disease. So I need the higher power. And as I started about people relapsing after some successful sobriety time in the program many people they just fo- forget about this thing connect with me and make me whole and they what i saw start to think oh now i'm two years sober now i can get back to my old plan to get whole and happy by you know this thing from this romantic connection and it's just not going to work it's just not going to work ever <laughs> because it's it's, it's, it's a fantasy. It's a lie. It's, a, it's, it's disease. I can't use another person. I'm trying to take when I'm trying to use another person and I can't take wholesomeness because wholesomeness is it's, it's, it's what I am inside. It's my wholesomeness. 
It's me and God. This is my wholesomeness. I can't take it from Daniel, <laughs> from some woman, from anybody. It's just not possible. This is a stupid plan. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, what else about lust? What else about lust? Um, I would say that it's just, I'm, I, when I felt it, when I felt the impulse and just got aware of that, connect with me and make, and make me whole, it became very, very clear to me. When I have this impulse, I can feel it. Even now, after four years, sometimes it happens when I have those feelings. There are no thoughts, there are no images yet, but I have this feeling like I'm not complete. Maybe somebody shall make me complete. And I say, oh, stop, stop. Let's, let's, let's do some program work about it. And then it doesn't come to images. It doesn't come to, to images. Yeah. Um, so with my sponsees, uh, with newcomers, I ask them also to make a connection between their romantic fantasies and their sexual acting out. Sometimes the, the, uh, we were working with on the first step with one of the sponsees. Just recently he told me, well, I see no any connection. This is romance and this is good and this is masturbation and prostitutes and this is bad. <laughs> Okay, so can you see that when you were starting having those romantic fantasies, you were inevitably, inevitably making those steps towards acting out, like registering on some toxic sites and, you know, and just try to look at your story, look at your history. And he looked and said, well, it just, that looks strange, but it was working in this very way. And I said, yeah. So... Um, I also suggest them to read those Roy articles and share my experience and to see that this is lost. Connect with me and make me whole. This is what lays at the foundation of my addiction. And uh, about sponsorship, well, I think it's one of the most beautiful things we have in the program. My first sponsor, he was telling me, ask God three times a day, well, how can you be helpful to other people? Uh, and uh, he told me that the service is very, very important. So uh, when I had a possibility to be a sponsor, and I started sponsoring the first sponsee when I was uh, three months sober, and I was working on my fourth step, and, well... The experience of sponsoring, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Even though in the beginning I didn't know what, how to build relationship with me and Spensee in the right and not codependent manner, it still was giving a lot of benefits to me. So uh, working the steps fast and getting spiritual experience to share it is one of the most beautiful things I would recommend to everyone, to, to everyone, because it's just, it was amazing to get out of slavery, to have this power near me, to feel this connection, and, 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 and to give it. This is just absolutely amazing. Though my first, uh, first sponsoring was not very healthy, because I just caught a, caught a guy and said, how, how you can't stay sober? It's so simple. You, you find lust, you use instruments, you connect with God. Well, 
you sober, man. And, and and then I told him, let me let me help you get sober, and I started sponsoring him. He didn't ask me actually. And the first three months, he was actually taking actions and doing following the recommendations and was staying sober. And then after three months, he said, well, I just don't want to go to those meetings and I have many other things to do. So he relapsed and some other people explained to me that don't try to save him. He's not taking actions. Let him go. I said, okay. So the next time he asked me, I said, well, the first time I asked you to go through the steps and we were working and now you're not working. So if you're ready to work, you're welcome. If you're not ready to take actions, sorry. Yeah. And the first uh, God, in my experience, in sponsorship, God is working in just absolutely miraculous way. I was this beginner just, and I would ask, I would ask God, that, you know, there was some guy coming to me, Spansi, and he didn't agree with me. And I was very angry with him, very angry, absolutely. I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to talk to him. I was just kind of, you know, I, I still haven't done my fourth step, yeah? And and I asked God, God, you know, I'm so angry. Please give me some love to him. And he comes to me, and instead of being angry with him, I can feel that I'm another person and some other power is talking love through me. And it was just another, it, it, it was not me clearly. And my eyes were like that being well, inside, <laughs> maybe outside too. And I just, I, I welcomed him. I, you know, said, do you want some tea? Do you want to? And I was feeling this power working through me. And in those times when I didn't know what to tell us, I would say, God, what I don't understand where is this guy? How can I help him? What shall I do? Tell me. And it was like kind of picture coming out in my head. Here you ask this, here you listen to this, here you support this, here you stay on the first step, here look at this, here go to the next step. And it was just like very clear directions. And I was just in the beginning, so it was absolutely amazing experience for me. And Another thing is that uh, doing this kind of service teaches me to be patient, <laughs> to repeat the same thing again and again and again, like my sponsors did to me. Because like newcomers, they are like babies. They always try to pick something up and put it in their mouth, like babies do. And you see, just this is drop it. This is last. <laughs> Stop doing this, please. If you want to recover, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And um, this teaches me to, to be open, to share, to be, you know, many, many kinds of stuff. When I finished my fourth step, there was sexual ideal inventory. And when there was a possibility for sober dating for me, when I was nearly two years sober, I was in doubt. And it's a long story, but I meditated and asked God, God, am I ready for that? Because some... People who were recovering in front of me, they were saying that I'm already like 15, 20 years sober, guys. Um, and my sponsor wasn't in, in connection. Of course, I consulted him. I, I mean, I called him and talked it over. Anyway, I did this meditation and I, I had this answer. Look at your sexual ideal. And I had a look at that and I saw that I have already grown up to this ideal, maybe like 80%. Like I become emotionally independent, 
some my passions grew up and all all those qualities i need to be a good person a good partner and and most of that is happening in in service in doing service yeah so that's just absolutely amazing how god has helped me transform me to 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 a new person through this sponsorship yeah so there are also some important things uh, for sponsorship which i um learned uh, i think there are many of them and many people before talked about sponsorship sponsorship who 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 are more much more experienced than than me and i'm absolutely not an expert well, I was thinking I was an expert on the three months of sobriety, but the more time goes, I can see that the, the, the less I know and the less I control and I can't do much. I can just share what I have and just let God take care of the person. So um, the first, the first embarrassment for me was when I realized that I wasn't telling people about the importance of service after some time of sponsoring. I can remember that my sponsor taught me that service is very important and that I always need to do some, to have some kind of service position and always be tuned, always be tuned in the direction of, of helping others. And I was admitting that with my work with Spencees and they could use instruments and stay sober and then they would start to kind of, you know, I have other plans in my life, goodbye the program and well, so uh, now I emphasize that it's very important because the service is the most, it was the most fearful and the most unpleasant thing for me to do. So it was very important for me to tune into it from the beginning. When I'm tuned to it from the beginning, later on, it becomes much easier. It becomes natural. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't burden me. And it's a very important part of recovery. So I'm trying to be helpful with stressing the role of service and sponsorship and, you know, service in our recovery. First one. Another thing that I have also seen in the program is that many sponsors they want me to kind of, uh, you know, it's like we are at the second step and the guy is asking, how shall I believe now? And I'm telling him, you know, you need to find your own old ideas, prejudices, and deal with them yourself. I can help you with that, but I'm not a kind of priest who comes to you and says, now you believe this way. Now you believe this way. This is the right way to believe. Uh, it's not going to work. You already have made usually some authorities like that who are telling you how to believe. So you have to look into your heart and see your old ideas yourself. Uh, yeah, so I see it very often that people want me to tell them what's happening on inside of them. And I can't do that. I can't tell them what's happening inside of them. They have to develop their own honesty and their own understanding of what's going on inside of them, what they believe in, what they feel, and such things. I also heard uh, all those rules about first relapse, third relapse rule, and 
it's been ceasefired. I don't know, I tried both of them, and in my experience in, in Russia, we don't have many sponsors, so there are some relapses, we just relapse, 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 and then they just took all the people who can be sponsors in the whole fellowship. <laughs> and then, what shall they do? I mean, what do you do next with them? So I try to use this rule. I say, you write me a report about your actions. And what actions do you, do, do you take? And I have a look, do they do more actions? If they relapse and say, you have to do more actions. You have to work more intensively now uh, than you worked before. And maybe that means that just right from the beginning, you have to go to some hospital, carry the message, find some people, open a live meeting. I don't care. You don't understand something. You just, you don't have enough connection. You just have to put in more effort. And if they do put in more effort, we keep working. Even if they relax after that, we'll add a little bit more. And if, and, and if the person is, make an effort and does more actions, well, usually they get sober after some time. <laughs> but if they're not heading to that, if they're just trying to, you know, do the program in their own way without making more effort, I say, you know, I, I can't help you. I got your link. You're not taking actions, you know. You're not taking actions and I can't be sober for you. And it's like, it's like, oh, we have a new screen. Uh, okay. And um, it's kind of, to me, I explain it like there is a, some kind of exercise, like, I, I don't know, some sport, hockey skating, ice skating. And for some people, it's very easy. They just get on this ice and they slide, glide, and it's, it's easier for them. And for, for some other people, it's not that easy. It takes more time for them to learn, and they have to make more effort to learn to get the spiritual experience. For some people, like for me, it was just, I, I, I grasped it, and I was holding on to it, and I'm still holding on to it and developing my contact with God. Ah, Daniel, you, you are translating Luke's, uh, Luke's screen, where there are a lot of kind of, Video noise, something? No, it's just what's showing on your screen, but it's fine. No one, everyone's ah, seeing you speak. Okay. I see. Sorry. Ah, so, what I was talking about is that some people need to take more effort to get this uh, thing, to learn to get spiritual experience and to be connected. Well, I love what the 12. I want to go back to steps. I like what the 12 and 12 says about, um, about the first step and about helping people with high bottom. And it says that we were able to help them to, to feel themselves on the edge, you know, of a fall of an abyss. I, I don't know the exact wording. So what I try to do, I suggest that people write the examples of their first seek behavior, how they were acting out, yeah? And did they have any thoughts not to do that? And when they remember how, what thoughts they have, what the disease told them, because the big book, it says, stress the, this, peculiar, this peculiar 
characteristic of the mind when any reasonable thought is taken away by some really, really stupid idea. And it just gives a perspective. It's, it's, it's not like one acting out. It's like many, many, many reasonable things totally overruled by absolutely stupid ideas. Like, why? You know. So, um, this, this is how we, I try to help them to see the powerlessness in a, in a fast way. Uh, usually it's not very fast to read the literature and when people get into that, some, some do it faster, some less fast. And another thing is how much their life were ruined. We take different spheres of their lives and how lust ruined them. And uh, I'm trying to give my, my examples about like, like I did before about work and like about my emotional condition. And I try to direct them to you know, to feel it, basically. To feel it, not just to say, oh, um, I don't have good education. Yeah. And let's, uh, let's look deeper into that. What work possibilities do you have? What jobs were you offered, which you were not able to do? And many people have them, such things a lot. What feelings do you have about yourself? Grade them in like a, from 1 to 10. What kind of intensity of your hatred to yourself, of your hatred to others, of how does it feel to live in your life? What hobbies do you have? Oh, disease have taken away all your hobbies. Oh, you don't have any interests. How, how is it life without where you, you, you are aware that you have lost all your interests? You've been taken away, torn apart. How does it feel like? And friends... You have lost your friends. Now you don't have any friends. Can you remember those relationships you had? Oh, they were nice. And now you lost it. And now there is no perspective. Now you're just doomed to life without friends. How does it feel like? It's painful. And if a person is not feeling pain, in the first step, I believe the person is in denial. And many people feel pain. And what about lost money? Oh, I lost money. How much? And we were talking with a guy and he was counting and he counted that it was like just some enormous, enormous sum of money, enormous. And he never thought about that, that he could buy like a flat in London. <laughs> yeah, this is, and, 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 when, and when they start to feel it, I also ask, now, you're powerless. You're powerless. So this is, will go on and on and on and on if you don't start recovering. It will keep destroying your life and you're absolutely doomed. You can't stop it. So just just have a look at your perspective in life. Yeah. What is what is your perspective in all those spheres? Just very shortly. Usually it's just hospital, cemetery, uh, prison, nothing more. And and if people don't feel that, if they're not ready to take action, I have done my job. I have done my job. I now they now they are aware of this scheme, how the disease is working. And even if they go acting out, uh, they can see it. They can see it, how it's killing them, how they can do nothing. And it's just, I also, I think, read about it somewhere. Like, this is all I can do if they're not ready, if they're still in denial. I do my best and, well, what else can I do?
about the second step, um, there is an also important thing, which very important for me. Uh, the big book says that the spiritual experience is uh, basically connected with their awareness of presence of higher power of God. And awareness means that I have to be hearing now. And that, well, I am responsible to get this spiritual experience. It's not about just mechanically taking actions and staying sober, mechanically calling, mechanically writing. No, I have to feel it, how this power is working, how my connection with other people is working. How does it feel like? What is the change? After get experience, some people may do the same action, the same thing, the same procedure, like 10 years, and, do, and don't pay attention to it, and not really be experienced in some kind of work, or, or like physical exercise, like you just take a dumbbell and do something, and you don't think how your muscles are working, how is it developing right, your body or not, and there comes a train and says, stop, have a look, how you do this, how do you do that, how do you, and they start to feel, oh, really, this muscle is working, and this is not working, that's not what I need, yeah, the same thing here, well, I asked them to write a composition about how do they feel the work of the higher power, how do they feel lost, basically, in their body, when they attempt it and they're suffering and it's killing them, like something heavy or acid in the stomach or in the chest, you know. Uh, and what's happening in their body when they're praying, when they're making a call and doing service. And this is very exact and very clear changes which are happening in the body. It's, it's a miracle for me because when I was tempted, I was feeling like I was uh, having some toxic thing inside of me, absolutely, like I got an intoxication, like, you know, ate some soup, which was bad, and then you, you, you feel this, you feel this in your body, and there's a prayer, and like my blood was absolutely cleansed, my body, this, this is a miracle, this is an absolutely miracle, and what... When I'm aware of it, there, there, there are no questions if there, there is God and what is his presence. It's just, just here. Just amazing. And, and there is a change in emotions, of course. And there is a change in spiritual sphere, in all the spheres, in body, in emotions, in my attitude. Because, well, before my attitude was that I'm a poor little rabbit surrounded by those greedy busted wolves trying to, you know, kill me, and I'm sitting in my baton bunker <laughs> with a machine gun, machine gun, and, you know, something like that. And the attitude changes to, uh, to gratitude, to acceptance, to enjoying. Just have a look at that. Just try it about it. Just stay in the moment. Feel it and absorb it, then share it. Not like there was this guy in our fellowship. He told me one thing. I nearly fell off my chair. I said, so you had some spiritual experience. Why you do not share it at meetings? And he told me the thing that I thought I need to keep it to myself and share about my struggles. So I nearly fell off my chair. How do you want to keep it if you're not sharing that? <laughs> What's your plan? <laughs> oh, that was just absolutely amazing. How many misconceptions are in our minds, well, which is natural, and I need to have a look 
to keep an open mind and have a look about my old ideas and my misconceptions. Well, and I believe that uh, I had to talk for like 30 minutes, yeah? Um, shall we go to the questions part, if there are any? Oops, one second. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, um, let's see if there are any questions, first of all. Maybe there are no questions. No, not so many questions. So uh, maybe you want to, I want to ask you, um, Maybe you want to give us a little bit of an a little bit of an overview of, of your day of your of, of your day in recovery. How you um, kind of like you know as if you were speaking to a beginner, the steps you take on a daily basis that keep you sober. Uh, you know, it's always, I would see it like a spiritual toolkit. One second, let's look. I have to keep it muted. Yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah. Yeah, okay. you, you get the question, you know. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Uh, what I do on a daily basis, when I wake up, I have my morning prayers. have my morning prayers. In the beginning, I was firstly going down on my knees and praying the uh, first step prayer, second, third, then I would go to bathroom, then I would continue praying. Today, I just pray when I go to bathroom and then instantly I go to, to, to pray and I pray using timer. It's a very important recommendation to pray using timer. And each month I was adding a minute to my praying time. Then I came out kind of like to 23 minutes and then I found out that it's very difficult for me to pray more. So I don't pray more. I usually pray something like that. And then I go to do my meditation. In the beginning, I was praying for five minutes. and It was extremely difficult for me. But I know that I needed timer because else I would just, you know, say, okay, God, hi, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, so I had to make effort. And it's really working. It worked out for me from the first days. I started to feel this presence when I was forcing myself to sit those five minutes to repeat serenity prayer words, anything. So I pray the first step prayer, the second step prayer, like, Lord, help me set aside. I Or something like that, I read the portrait of my higher power because I need to renew it to, to stay in connection and feel trust to God and not let my sick head push me to the old ideas. It's very, it's very helpful for me. And usually if during in my life that I have some fears, where I don't trust God, I make I do meditation, then I add something to the portrait of my higher power and read it daily. Um, I pray the third step prayer, I say my gratitudes, I pray in fourth step for people, if I'm angry with somebody, I pray for them, if I'm afraid, I pray. Then I if I have those thoughts in my head about plans for today, I also pray again about the third step. So I give it to God and ask him to direct me. Then I pray six, seven step, 11 step, pray for people, for my relatives, for my wife, for some of my spensees or former spensees. And then I go and do meditation. I sit down, I take a, you know, diary and I ask God, God, what's your view, what's your will for me today? And I just try down. Then I have those questions about different plans for today or tomorrow, or even more in the future. And I ask about those plans and I write down the answer. And if it's not coming soothing or 
doubtful, if it's about love, God, honesty, I will talk it over with my sponsor or with some trusted people in the program. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it will come to me that I need to work the 10th step or to make an inventory on something about my fears, anger, or other defects of character. And then I would read some pieces of literature. And after that, I will look at my diary at my... What have I do today? And what... How shall I behave in this or that situation? Just very briefly. And then my day will begin. I will eat my breakfast and start the day. And during the day, I pray if I'm tempted. I say gratitudes. I learn to make pauses during what's happening, to invite God in, in what I'm doing. Like if Spencer is calling me, I ask God to make me a, like a glove of God to fill me with what he wants me to be filled with and to share that. What else? Um, uh, I usually try to do... Usually sponsees call me, so I have enough possibilities of service for, for this day. Um, very often I talk to them when uh, I have a Bluetooth hands-free thing, and it's uh, very comfortable for me to do some housework, like ironing or cleaning, and at the same time to talk, or you know, something like that. So all those activities are kind of implemented into my daily life, and they not burden me. I may, like maybe every couple of days, I can do some service in translation, uh, and usually in the evening, uh, there may be, we have, in my city, we have two face-to-face -face SA meetings. It's on Monday and Friday. And also, uh, we have meetings online. And I'm also leading on Thursday and on the meeting, which is dedicated to studying steps by the big book. Um, yeah, so I go to those meetings. I also go to, uh, to meetings of another fellowship a couple times a week. Um, I, what else do I know? Um, how it's called? M me and some other brother from, say, we plan kind of this month, we did it twice. We went to hospitals with carrying the message, which was very easy to find the time when they, uh, let people in and talk with them about, I don't know how it's called in English. So we take pamphlets, can't go to that, this place and tell about a say, leave pamphlets and ask if we can hold an information meeting for doctors or psychologists and tell them more about a say. And we did it several times, basically this month, a couple of times, and we were warmly welcomed and even had a one information meeting for doctors. What else do I do? In the evening, I do the inventory, the evening inventory. Um, where I was angry, I do it using the recommendations from the big book. After that, me and my renewal partner, we call each other, we share what's happening, we can look into some exact situations, you know, like doing the 10th step deeper, uh, we 
Yeah, and then I go to sleep. I also pray before going to sleep a little bit. Uh, ask God to keep me sober from any lust, which is conscious or subconscious. I relax and I have a look when I'm relaxed. So maybe I was struggling. Maybe I was trying to push lust down. And this is very unhealthy because I'm powerless. If I'm pushing it down, suppressing lust, it will just accumulate in me. So I just absolutely relaxed and let everything which is here flow up. And if there's lust, I just surrender. Ask God to take it away from me. I believe this is what Roy recommends doing in um, one of the one of the articles in uh, Surrendering Lust Temptations in the White Book. Yeah. So something like that. And how many sponsees do you have? Maybe seven or something. And you have a, do you make a set time with them every week that you sit with them, or do you just wait for them to contact you? Sometimes we have set time. Sometimes uh, we don't. Sometimes they just know that they call me any time, uh, some period of time when I will be away, available, or I'll just say I'll call you back at this time. So this part is a little bit messy. <laughs> uh-huh. And do you have any rules if they um, if they relapse a certain amount of times, you'll fire them, or, do, or you're the type of sponsor that never fires your sponsors? They, you wait for them to just stop calling you. Well, um, you know, uh, I I, uh, I talked about it before that uh, I tell them to do more actions, to take more actions. And if I see that they're taking more actions, I say, okay, let's work, let's keep working. And if they're not, I, I say, we shall stop working because we are not, you're not working, <laughs> man. And I had this guy who was two years sober and he relapsed and started relapsing. And I was telling him what to do and he wasn't doing that. So I said, no, we stop work from here. Don't, don't ask me because you're not doing it. We talked it over a couple of times and you haven't changed your behavior, so I'm not helpful to you. You want me to do your work for you, or... The fact that you have sponsor doesn't mean that you healed sponsor. I'm just sharing experience and telling you what worked for me and what works for me. And you need to do your own. You need to work the steps, do the program, do the service by yourself. So, yeah. And um, which of the steps do you most connect to? Do you work? Do steps. yeah? Do you mo- you know? Do you work? I mean, do you work um, certain steps on a daily basis, like three and eleven or twelve? Obviously, um... I don't know. The most important thing which I really love is connection with God. This is just the greatest thing I have found. In this program, so... So that's step 11. Uh, you mentioned a lot of prayer when you talked about what you do on a daily basis. A lot of praying. Yes. Uh, and so all, all your sponsors are in Russia? Yes. And a lot of praying, and uh, it's very important thing uh, about meditation. It's about not just, to me, praying is, um, well, several elements. I concentrate on on the present moment. I 
mean what I say in my head. I usually, I, I usually don't pray aloud. I usually, when, when, when I'm not with other people, um, yeah, I concentrate. And I, uh, when I'm here now, I can feel my condition. If I'm concentrated, if I'm in connection, or if my mind goes here and there. And if it goes here, here, there, and try to concentrate more. And I also, it's very important for me to be in connection with myself. What am I feeling? What's happening? What's going on with me? And when I'm asking God those questions, I'm also in very good connection with myself in here and now. I feel what's happening with me. If I'm calm, or if I'm afraid, or, or, or if I'm feeling guilty about something, and if I want to, to, to receive some answer, I need to calm down. I need to be in calm condition. And it's a very important thing for me to ask calmly. In the beginning, I found this, this works just perfectly. When I say, God, you know, I really need you to direct me and answer me. And if I don't like your answer, it's okay. I'm ready to accept that. And if you're not going to give me answer, and if you're not going to, to give it to me, or if you're going to give me much later, I shut up and I will wait and I will listen and help me to do that because I'm a very selfish person. And this usually works miracles in my life, this, this approach, this attitude to prayer and meditation. Yeah, I love what the program says. The prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. Um, but I have to really clear out all that trash in my mind to hear the message. Yeah. Um, any tips for meditation? Well, the most important... How do you, how do you meditate? How do I meditate? Yeah. Do you use an app? Do you sit in silence? Do you use music? Do you, you know, breathing exercises? There's many different ways... Yeah, well, uh, the first tip and the most important tip is to do it, is to do it regularly, and it's very helpful to use timer, both for prayer and for meditation, because it's not going to work without effort. I like, again, those sports trainers who explain it and say, if you want to be confident in something, you have to repeat it many, many, many times thousand times I'm sorry for that and so it's important to do this work do it regularly how do I do it? I just sit I relax, I watch my condition in the condition how do I feel I just accept myself I can do different types of things, usually I do two things, I invite God inside, I invite God inside of me I relax and if there is some turmoil like shame or guilt I invite God inside of me and ask him to heal me and I just relax and I'm in connection with myself and I can feel how higher power works on me and then when I do that for example when I go to sleep usually if I'm if I'm doing that because sometimes I I I, I omit that. Um, there are no toxic dreams during the night, even if I was very disturbed during the day. So this 
this connection is very important. I just watch this connection, you know. I ask some question, and there are those ways of uh, images how I can behave in this situation, and I watch what's happening with my connection with higher power. And if there is love and kindness in, in this image which I see in my head or not, if I'm not clear, if there is fear, anger, well, probably it's not from God. If it's with love and kindness, I think it's good. I would either do that or discuss it with my sponsor, depending on how important the issue is. That's basically what I do. Yeah, I was trying to do those breathing exercises, the helpful I was doing those walks in the nature, and it's very helpful. And I believe many people need to do that because their connection to here and now is very limited or even absent, or, you know. So they need to train that to have more conscious contact with the high power. And I have seen this working on some people who are just unable to connect with just prayer and just some other things, but regular walking in nature, clearing the mind, just watching the thoughts and feelings flow. This is uh, very, very helpful in developing the sense of now and meditation and prayer. And as I said, this composition about how my body, emotional and spiritual condition, my attitudes change when I'm in temptation and when I have taken actions of the program, yeah, it helps to get more, bring more awareness, more spiritual experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my last question, uh, just a couple of minutes. You, you, you're married, right? Yes. So just maybe maybe talk a little bit about lust and marriage. Um, I don't think you, 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 you mentioned you mentioned on that, you know, dealing with lust and marriage. And... Oh, yeah. 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 Um, it's a good question. It's a good Thank question. you. And, well, um, when I've learned to discern this impulse, connect with me and make me whole, I can discern it in my relationship with my wife. So if we have a quarrel, if I'm emotionally unstable and my head tells me you need to have sex, I say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 boundaries. I have boundaries here. So first I need to do my 10th step, to make amends, to get stable, to to stabilize our relationship, then we have sex. Uh, first one. The second one is to I just follow the recommendations of more experienced people. Not if if I have any image during the sex, I would pray that God takes it away, and I'm ready if it's not taken away to stop. But usually God was taking it away. Um, Another thing is that if I was tempted during the day with lust, I would say to my wife that I'm not in a good spiritual condition, so I don't want to have sex. <laughs> Let's not have it today. And it's not because of you, it's because of my condition. Because she was like, in the beginning, she was embarrassed with that. and was, You don't want to have sex with me? You reject me? I said, no, 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 no. These are my feelings. I share my feelings. I don't share lustful temptations, of course, with her, because uh, I think it will be ridiculous. But I, I say that I had some temptations and I feel pain and you know just 
please let's let's keep a day or maybe two and now we have a period of abstinence and it's very 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 good to uncover all those last stuff going on and at the beginning the head says oh you oh there is last you shall do something and I have just to surrender say God my head is trying to panic me off with last time powerless I can't do nothing with that so if I'm in good connection with you you're gonna keep me sober that's all if I'm not I won't be able to stay sober anyway and just let it go and just it takes time for last to be cleared away by God from me. I do the same actions. I make calls. I surrender last. I do the service to the same stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's really, they call it the final frontier, the bedroom, the marital bedroom. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're going to wrap up in the next couple of minutes. So if you have any, uh, you know, closing words that you want to that, that you want to say about um, just general recover, recovery or uh, words of wisdom and for those struggling to stay sober. Um. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, I want to say thank you for the possibility to share my experience, strength, and hope, and for helping me staying sober today and well this program works if you work it and some people need to make more effort but it's okay you can do it you can't be too stupid (laughs) not to do this program usually those people who are too smart uh, can't succeed and yeah 